Welcome to the great Kraken fans around Seattle, around the United States, and around the world. The first ever official, official Seattle Kraken podcast. Signals from the deep. My name is Nick Olchek. I'm honored, I'm grateful, and I'm thrilled to be your host and to have all of you along for what is going to be a beautiful ride. Today, starting off the first episode, we thought that there was no better two guests to have. They are great friends. They are the very best at what they do, respectively, in the game of hockey and in the world of broadcast. I am your father, so get to that here. Come on. But more importantly... I've known you since you're 12. <laughs> but more importantly, two-thirds of the best regional broadcast in the league. Johnny Forslund, Eddie Olchek. Johnny, Dad, thank you guys for coming on. Hi, Nick. Hello, Nick. Great Thanks. job driving to get us in yeah. for the show today. That yeah, was great. Was you got to recognize I, I only got yelled at for speeding. Bridge, sometimes the bridge is shut down here. You have to know that if you're driving me. Okay, just be prepared. Hi, and, Johnny. And hi, Edzo. And I know firsthand, when, when he's in that seat... <laughs> It's not easy. Oh, man. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. I think I should just give it him a comes steering with wheel. a ton of pressure. You know what? I would want to drive. Scrutiny. I want to drive every once in a while. But I figured, you know what? Is, isn't that one of the reasons why you have kids is that you can just sit there? Yeah, and, and I feel like a kid when I'm carting this guy around <laughs> Seattle. Nick, uh, this is the maiden voyage. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, we appreciate you having us. Yeah, uh, you, we, I know you guys got very yes. busy schedules. Oh you yeah, know, always have a very much a lot going on. Yeah, so yeah, thank you, thank you for joining us. Well, it is nice, <laughs> nice to be here. I, I want to start by, uh, you guys have had a long history together. Great, too friends. long at times. <laughs> I, I might add. <laughs> but tell me about the very first interaction. Okay, no wait. That, because okay, I've heard it's pretty spicy. Okay, wait I a can. second. Now th that question is absolutely loaded. But I'll let Johnny go first, and I want everybody to know that it's probably 27% factual. Okay? So, Johnny, uh, as, I, as I like to do, is I will defer to our captain on our broadcast. Thank you, sir. Uh, th this story has <laughs> marinated very well over the yeah, years. Yeah, marinated, <laughs> all right. Um, I was recalled from the American Hockey League in, in I believe, around 1987, I think it was. And your dad was a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I was brought up to the Islanders to do some radio for them when we were their affiliate. And I showed up for the morning skate at the Nassau Coliseum and, and went in the locker room, and I, I was well aware of your dad's career and his image and um, this young buck from Chicago whose face was always <laughs> emblazoned across the cover of the hockey news and other publications. Hey, pride of USA Hockey and, and uh, Eddie O. Is Eddie o. So I, and I knew he, I heard he's a great guy. So I, I went in, and I was nervous. And, uh, you know, the Islanders were great to me, guys like Pat LaFontaine and Kelly Rudy, and they were first class. Brian Trottier was still there. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. And I, and I went in. And, and went right up to your dad and said, uh, hey, Eddie, um, John Forslund. And he had the towel around his neck, and he finished the morning, and he gave me the old, hey, kid, how you doing? And he just went the other <laughs> way. <laughs> and that was the beginning of the whole thing. And I kind of was like, well, at least he acknowledged my presence. Okay. And, and, and I gotta, anyway, I gotta, that's I gotta, where it is. I got to jump okay. in now. Now, first off, 
The towel was not around my neck. I, I think it was. Okay. Okay, that must have been a very large towel. <laughs> I just got out of the shower, Nick. He's like he ch- he kind of followed me into that area there, and I, they, it was very uncomfortable. I, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm preparing for a game. I just had a morning skate. Jo- all of a sudden, this, this Johnny Forsland comes in and he introduced. Yeah. I shook his hand. I looked him right in the eye. I think I did say, "Hey, kid, how you doing?" And but again, uh, it was it was a. It was one of those moments where it just it was very uncomfortable. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe you thought it was okay. And I'll paint the picture too visually. Um, you've got this pro athlete. It, he's a couple of years younger than me, but basically contemporary. Well, what do you mean a couple? Like, Co- contemporaries, yeah. contemporaries, okay. right. in in many ways. Um, and and I, here I was. I didn't have my glasses yet. Okay, I didn't get glasses till I was like thirty. Um, so anyway, but the hair. My nickname in the minors was uh, Hair Don't Move, okay? <laughs> HDM. <laughs> so the hair <laughs> was plastered. I might have had a briefcase because I carried a briefcase. Was there case. anything in there? So no, there's, I there's, know. there's a couple <laughs> things in there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> a sandwich. Just a couple <laughs> things in there. But anyway, that's what it looked like, and, and, and it was okay. I, I was just happy to be there. And, and, uh, but he made an impression on me because he came right up to me. And introduced himself, and then I mean that was the start of this. Uh, let's see, a relationship. How, how do I? <laughs> well, how do I define a relationship but, but, but since then, But then he he played, and I covered, and I went to the NHL and watched him, and and he was always terrific to us at when he played. He was always respectful. He was always an unbelievable person to go to when you're covering the other team. Yeah. Uh, he gave you the time of day, first class. And uh, things have changed since. But anyway, uh, <laughs> as <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> and, and then he went and then he went into um, coaching, mm-hmm. you know, and then he became a broadcaster. Then he went into coaching and I got to see him both ways that way. And then he came back into broadcasting. And then the first mm-hmm. series in the playoffs we did together, I believe, was in either 2000 or 2001, Vancouver, uh, St. Louis for ESPN. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time we worked together. Did you guys know? Because being friends and working together are two different things. Did you know that that was going to kind of be a seamless transition? Or at least having a good rapport when you guys eventually did have an opportunity to work? I think knowing Johnny's work, knowing his track record, the people that he worked around, uh, two people in particular, Johnny, uh, that I admire, and and one has been a mentor to me, Paul Holmgren, when you were with Homer in, in Hartford, and also Berkey, right, Brian Burke. So two guys, Nick, that are, I mean, I would call them iconic in our game, Johnny, 100%. over the years, right? Yes. Legendary. Yes. And uh, so to know how, what they thought of HDM, it's the first time I think I've ever called you that before. Yeah. Sounds uh, like but, a clothing line. But, but, yeah. knowing, <laughs> but knowing Johnny, um, it probably took probably – I don't know, maybe six or seven shifts, and it was, it was pretty much seamless, and it's been like that because we probably, honestly, Johnny, before this year, we probably had done what would you say, maybe a hundred games, TV and radio together over the over the years. Maybe more than yeah, that. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe more than that. So I think yeah. we the the chemistry, Nick, was. I, I think it was very uh, instantaneous, and uh, it's uh, it's been a perfect. Uh, you know, it's been a f- been a perfect uh, combination, and, and obviously with JT, 
you know, the three of us on the games. Uh, but our, you know, our relationship, Johnny, you know, goes way more than just, you know, sitting in the booth and throwing on headsets. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing on that is, um, as I worked in Carolina for a number of years, it was a different a different time media-wise. So as I worked in Carolina, I did not get very much exposure, you know, to national work, although there was a guy named Larry Christensen at ESPN who gave me my break with ESPN when I was in Hartford and kept me going that way with them on some games. But then everything changed. So my point here would be this. When I got a chance to break in with the NBC group, uh, your dad treated me like a vital part of the team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he was already in the position and already uh, once John Davidson stepped aside, there was mm -hmm. no question who was going to be the number one mm -hmm. analyst in the game. And so every time we worked together, and, and Doc Emmerich was a, a, a model for me uh, throughout my career, going back to his days when he was in the American Hockey League, I tried to do it similar. We were different, but I tried to do the work uh, aspect of the job in a similar vein. Your dad was great to me that way. So and then things started to fall in place, and I did more and more and more with that group and, and so on. But we've always had an um, authentic approach. I hope people get that. I'm the way I am. He's the way he is. And if you're authentic in broadcasting, you should be okay. And at the risk of maybe sounding a little bit too cheesy, I did want to ask both of you, when you look and stand back and look at your partnership along with, with JT Brown, too, on the broadcasts, what do you think the other does well at such a high level to have not only been around for so long, but to be considered some of the best of what you do in the league? So, Johnny, what do you think Like, my dad does well? And, Dad, what do you think yeah. at, you know, Johnny does that separates the other guy right. from other people right. who might do the same thing? Okay, so Eddie, Eddie delivers a lot of things that are vitally important. Number one, there's a, there's a deep, deep love for the game. Okay, that's the first thing. And that, that's a passion that's ingrained in him. So that's, no matter what, that'll never go away. And number two, he's, he, he can read a game better than anybody. He can read things early in games that most people don't get to until we're deeper into the game. And nine times out of ten, he's bang on with it. And he has a way to communicate that to an audience in a succinct, great listen type of way that people can hear what he's saying and get what he's saying. And he never loses people, and he's relatable. And he has an outstanding personality. So I've always said ice is important in hockey, ice is important in broadcasting. You have to inform, you have to be concise, and you have to entertain. He's got those three things, mm -hmm. and that's why he's great. Well, I appreciate that, John. I, I think with, with, with and have work, worked with some of the best that have uh, put the headset on in the, in the broadcast booth, TV and radio. Um, and I've been very lucky and uh, I'd like to say I've been very smart to align myself with some of the best uh, with uh, either, you know, he mentioned Doc, the great Doc Emmerich, a Hall of Famer. Uh, Pat Foley, who uh, was his partner for in Chicago for, you know, forever, another Hall of Famer. When I first came into broadcasting consistently when I retired in 2000, uh, I sat along a great Mike Lang, uh, a Hall of Famer, for three years and doing local in Pittsburgh uh, like I did. And uh, there's no doubt, Nick, that, and you know how I feel about Johnny, is he 
is bound for the Hall of Fame as well with the way that he carries himself in the booth, the way that he carries himself off the ice, the way he represents the game, representing Hartford for all those years, Carolina for all of those years, and now, you know, here in Seattle. He's the ultimate team player. When you listen to his call, and I get to listen and watch because I'm sitting right next to him, um, he has the ability to know what is the uh, when it is time to really amp it up and then understanding that it's okay to let to let it breathe to let the game breathe and that and that is a lot of games that is experience um, that's knowing the audience that's knowing the situation um, but John Johnny's the ultimate teammate um, he knows how to incorporate the people he is working with because he is the captain he, he is our captain on our team he allows us as analysts, uh, or if we need to send it down to Piper, um, he has that ability to be able to um, make everybody feel a part and to know what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, and then put them in that position. But then also to be able to weave in conversation while the fastest game in the world is going on. So. Uh, his call is infectious. Um, people get excited. I mean, that is part of our job is to uh, to entertain because, look, at, we all know what's going on in the real world. And when people turn on Root Sports and hear Johnny call the game, people – at least when I watch sports, I, I want to be taken away from everything else that's going on in, 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 in the real world or in, in my world. And Johnny has that incredible ability to be able to entertain and excite people about the game of hockey. And look, at you know, we want the Kraken to go 82 and 0. I mean, but, you know, that's not the reality, is that I think the consistency and the honesty and the predictability is what sets Johnny apart from a lot of other broadcasters. And like, like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky. I mean, on the national side, I'm working with Kenny Elbert on TNT. I'm working with Johnny on the local side. And the gentleman that I said that, you know, I mean, uh, I know they don't, people don't use this word when, uh, uh, when they talk about Eddie Olchek, but uh, – I've been very smart to align myself with some of the greatest <laughs> broadcasters <laughs> that we've had in our game for a long, long time. So um, it, it's uh, it's very comforting because there is a – I think, Johnny, you would agree with this, and, and you know, you've worked with a lot of guys, and you work with, you know, with, with our friend Trip Tracy in Carolina for, you know, forever. Um, and I think when we when we talk to young broadcasters or expiring aspiring broadcasters, regardless of what what age they are, is is there has to be a trust. There has to be a trust factor, and um, I trust Johnny. I trust JT. We trust Johnny. He trusts us, and and I think that's where you develop the chemistry. Is that there has to be a trust factor. Uh, communicating so um, like it he's as good as it gets in the league 
nationally, locally, doesn't matter. Um, and uh, the Kraken are the Kraken Nation, as Johnny likes to say, is uh, is very lucky to have him be the voice and to be the captain of uh, you know on the television side for for Kraken hockey. Johnny, does that answer get him a strawberry milkshake, or maybe get on, dinner on, on the way home, driving, <laughs> stopping <laughs> off somewhere, it is a happy meal? Food, I always, it is always <laughs> about food, but I, Nick, I go, I go day by day, yeah. so that might get him a dinner. Johnny, we're, we're all day to day hey, in a big picture, day-to-day. you know that. But right? b- before we delve into the, the, not that this, we're not going to talk important. about Johnny anymore. Th- this this is on, very important. I got some stories. This is very important stuff, but I'm sure all the great Kraken fans out there do want to get your guys' take on this year, where it started, where it is, and kind of where you envision. And heading. Can I but go first this time? Because you've gone to Johnny twice here now. Well, and yeah, right. I might take the car keys to go home. But actually, you can, find, yeah, okay. you can okay. find a new bear home later. I like okay. listening <laughs> to this anyway. But so. the, the the last thing I did want to ask on on your guys' rapport and relationship is okay. There is no more. Okay? I think I think that when you guys we, are doing sh- games, should we clarify? Should we like? There seems to be some. Some uh, stuff on that World Wide Web thing where like the, the, no, well, the internet can change. We get, a, we get we get along right. It's the Somewhat. All right. okay, so right, I want to know, you, you guys have a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and Most of we time. are in the entertainment business. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. is, it, is it a fine line of knowing when to crack a joke and pull it back? And obviously taking into consideration what's going on during the game. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I think the thing that a takes, you, got, no, takes you guys to another is, level an excellent question. is yeah. the fact that you can sit there and have fun, whether the Kraken are up five or having a tough game or, you know, knowing the, the, the time and place of what's going on on the ice. Yeah, I mean, look, th- that is that comes with experience. Um, that's, I think, knowing your audience. Um, you know, sometimes do we have to reel it in? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, you said fun. I mean, I, I would hope that when people listen, whether they're diehards or they're maybe just tuning in for the very first time, and we take that into consideration – Johnny does an unbelievable job of uh, if we break down something or we describe something or we simple thing is, hey, Coach Axtall, you know, is he going to use his timeout? Well, geez, how, how many timeouts does he have? How many does he get in a game? And then Johnny will just subtly, without talking down to anybody, is drop that little nugget in there. So from that point of view, um, that's super important. But look at, I mean, we want to, Teach, trying to use the word educate. We, we want to entertain. We want to have fun. Like we want people to have learned something at the end of the day when they watch the broadcast, regardless of the outcome. And yeah, sometimes you know we we get off the rails for a minute or two. But I think it's un- knowing that hey, you know, at the drop of a hat, all of a sudden, like you can go from telling stories or having some fun or you know, talking about our car car ride home after the game, um, <laughs> to okay, this is a must power play here. But but look at like I think if you really look at like sometimes it's just how the game is going, and 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 sometimes it's there, and sometimes we may go a game, and very rarely, but you know, the the, the game dictates I think the broadcast a lot of times, and I think that we. You know, if, if, if we if we go off the rails, it's Johnny's fault. If we go too long, it's Johnny's fault. <laughs> and I just raised my hand. I'm just doing what Johnny told me to do. That's true. So. That's true. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we both have been lucky enough to do high stakes games, right? So we both, when we get to that, and this team will someday, hopefully sooner than later, 
um, you know, people will see that, you know, that, and I think the Boston game was kind of a little tease right. as to what that's like, okay? Um, we're both equipped to do that and know how to do it. So we do have the experience, but where we don't have the experience is with somebody like JT, who, who has done a remarkable job in a short period of time acclimating himself to the job. And um, what you see is what you get. And what I mean by that is the three of us should be and are the same people on yeah. the air that we are off the air, mm -hmm. Nick. And if any young broadcasters listen to this podcast, I can't stress that enough. Don't be who you think you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Be authentic, right? So when we come on the air, sometimes we come on the air and I'll be going into my opening spiel and, and your dad will have something to say. And that's because if we're sitting at morning skate or at a practice or on the plane or dinner or dinner, the same thing happens. Right. Yeah. And with JT, we got a recently retired player that's relatable to this generation of players. And he has an utmost uh, respect for your dad going way back to when he played junior hockey with your brother. Mm -hmm. And he also understands the past a little bit, but he can't go too far back like most people, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we were young at one point, too. So it uh, was a long time ago. I don't ago think we went journey. back to the 30s, yeah. Yeah. although <laughs> he <laughs> claims I did preseason games in the 30s, but I saw it. Maybe I saw Dickie Dunn wrote it. Yeah. And, and it, must believe it must be true. You got to believe it, right? Uh. And so, anyway, so the three of us kind of have that, that uh, personality in place, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that, that, that definitely translates to the audience. And turning our sights now yep. towards the team, the guys. It's been night and day. Johnny, you'd be able to attest to this, having been here last year. Where they started, where they've gotten to, and kind of where they hope to be. What are either of your guys' take on, on what the team has done this year, considering it's been an incredibly remarkable turnaround? Well, just touching on the first year, which I think is important, I, for one, thought that Ron and his staff did an amazing job with the draft initially. I thought this was a decent team, and I thought the team would be in the neighborhood of competitive games in the second half and making a little bit of a splash. I, I didn't go anywhere near the Vegas comparisons. I thought those right. were outlandish, but that cloud hovered over the team in the first year along with COVID. And the team, it was a weird season for all the teams, but especially for uh, teams where there's 23 new individuals trying to get used to each other and become a team. And I felt that the protocols held back a lot of things that were stunting their dynamic as a group with chemistry. And so then the season started, and there were severe challenges, and it started to go off the rails, and it wasn't very good. And then people could second-guess the expansion roster and all this stuff. But it's remarkable how Ronnie stayed uh, focused on his plan, focused on his job, did a remarkable job at the first trading deadline, set up an off-season where you've seen the, the additions and what difference they've made, and now here it is. So now what you have is a hard-working team with balance that's right in the mix, that can make it, could, could stumble, uh, could get in, make some noise. There's a lot of things that could happen with this team. But I hope the fans realize that, you know, there, there's a lot in play here, including players who are not here. And um, that that's really impressive. So I, I think the turnaround has been, been great. I think there was already something cooking here. And I think for the players who were allowed to come back for the second season, a lot of these guys came back with different types of roles and have flourished in those roles. And I think it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it, it's been uh, 
it's been a uh, an incredible turnaround, but I don't think anybody is surprised at how competitive and where they are in the standings or have mm -hmm. been in the standings at the all-star break where we're not sitting at the top of the division. I mean, so from that point of view, um, there's so many positives and you look at how this roster, I don't want to say subtly changed by Ronnie. And you better give your uncle Rick and my brother a little credit too. there. Give, give Ricky Olchek a little bit of Brown and Cornell. A little bit of uh, Cornell and Brown. <laughs> where did you go? To, where did you go to college? I'm sorry. What? what? <laughs> I did not go to college. Ricky went to college for me. He <laughs> went to Brown and Cornell. How's that? Okay. So it's as close as I could get to those two schools. It's my brother. Um, you know. So I, look at uh, the entire hockey operation staff. The moves that that they made in the summertime. They addressed having the puck way more this year uh, over the course of summer that, that they were going to have the puck more than they did last year. So when you have the puck more, you're defending less. And pretty healthy to this point for the, for the most part, which has been huge. But the additions of guys that have won, um, guys that can be uh, offensive difference makers, and I think the fastness uh, that the team plays with and give Hack, give Coach Hackstall and his staff uh, the credit for um, putting these guys in that situation and the way that they play. So so one thing of being around the league a lot and talking to a lot of people, everybody, and I'm talking highest executives in the leagues around with the individual teams to uh, other broadcasters is how fast – and how quick that we play. Mm -hmm. And I say it, and I've said it from day one, and I will say it all the way to the end, is when this team is playing their game and playing to their potential, is that they win the battle in between the two blue lines. And Johnny used it the other night in the Boston game about we were talking about that, and Johnny perfectly use the analogy of the line of scrimmage. And when they are managing the puck when they have it and when they are managing that area of the ice when they don't have it, they've had three or four games this year. Game in Vegas early in the year, Johnny. I think it was Black Friday, right? Yep, that's right. Vegas. I mean, that that was – like I, I think that – I still think that that's the best game that I've seen this team play all year, regardless of the outcome. But yep. – the game, obviously, in Boston, you go into Boston, they hadn't lost in regulation, and you shut down them. That, I mean, that game was incredible from watching on TV. So, for me, the success that this team has had and will have and down the stretch is, is how they play with and without the puck in the middle of the ice, and that speaks to the guys. Now, individually, the pair of Dunn and Larson have been, I mean, I, like – as good as a pair there's been in the NHL. We've said it from five games in to 60 games in. Like that that pair has been the matchup pair for the most part. Um, and you need, like when you look at teams that have won, like if fans are looking and, and like when you look at teams that have had success or always near the top, 
a real common theme is a look at you got to get goaltending because we know if you don't get goaltending you're not going to win but you got to have a couple of big boys on the back end and donner and and lars are like i mean i've been just thoroughly impressed with the way that they've been able to play together and be those difference makers and uh it's been a lot of fun obviously in my first year being here and and uh the team is uh it's fun it's competitive and uh you know what you're gonna get um, so look at the conf i think there's a great confidence throughout the organization and there should be with the fan base and look at i, I thought at the beginning of the year i thought they'd be, they'd be an 88.88 ish point team they're on pace for 98 or whatever it is right now whatever whatever the number it doesn't matter but look at they're playing meaningful games they will be playing meaningful games and uh it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh look at they've been like i i think hack like right now season ended right now i think hack would be a very close finalist for one of the coaches of the year i i really i really believe that now look at you see what's going on in boston i mean Jimmy Montgomery, I mean, you know, like, you know, they've lost seven games in, I mean, all year in regulation or whatever. Okay, but, like, the job that he has done, and I mentioned, you know, Dunn and Larson, and, and, you, and you look at the guys up front and, you know, with the leadership of a guy like Yanni Gord, and, and um, so th there's just so many positive things that have gone on, and I think uh, they will learn from what has transpired here and it will help the franchise both on and off the ice because uh, we are in the entertainment business and this team has entertained extremely well. And look, it, it is a win and it is a, a, a win and loss business. But I think this team has uh, proven to themselves most importantly is that they can play with anybody when, when, when they play their game. Johnny, anybody in particular this year, players that have stood out to you, players that have maybe taken a step or a jump from last year could be a young guy could be an older guy that have really in your eyes and your mind have been impactful this year maybe guys that have flown under the radar a little bit as opposed to the star names but just guys this well, year you think that have made a big impact well there's so many because that's how they win right nick so they 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 win by having balance so it's really hard to earmark a couple, even a couple of mm -hmm. guys. Your dad mentioned, for me, the most important is that defense pairing. And each one, Larson or Dunn, have had moments of greatness. And as far as a steady Eddie, no pun intended to the guy across <laughs> from me over there, but um, Adam Larson has been unbelievable, really unbelievable you would have to really be on this and watch this every night and understand what a solid minutes eating defenseman means to a team hard minutes too john hard yeah, minutes right. hard matchups every single night in terms of the forwards it's been interesting right so the first guy you would talk about is veneers right you would say wow you know could be the rookie of the year it's mm -hmm. been great to watch him it's been great to watch progressions within his game it's been great to listen to your dad uh you know, point out certain things about what he's going through because the only way to understand what people go through is to do it, right? So the only thing I can understand, Nick, is if someone wanted to call games in the National Hockey League, I can relate to that, mm -hmm. right? And I can tell that individual, man or woman, what you need to do, in my opinion, to, to do it. 
But your dad lived the life of an 18-year-old high draft choice and walked into a hometown situation. And, I mean, you can't even wrap your head around that unless you went through it, right? Mm -hmm. So he had the expectation of the United States Olympic team, uh, Chicago, 18 years of age, uh, pretty decent-looking individual. I mean, you know, all these, all these things. <laughs> Grant, can we, uh, can uh, we cut uh, that out and all maybe the, add all a different these, adjective all, there? All please? these things, um, you know, are hard to, to what are navigate. What are you laughing at, too, by the way, over there, Nick? You think that's and funny? I think it was a nice line. Um, I think so, too. <laughs> where was I? Anyway, um, uh, so to watch him go through that, your dad's been able to kind of take us through what he's navigating mm -hmm. at this level. That's been fun to watch. But there have been other guys, like Bjorkstrand, mm -hmm. who came in ballyhooed with a big trade, unbelievably great trade, um, and went through a period of time where he was trying to find it with a new team. That's not easy to do. Again, we have guys on our broadcast with, with your dad, with JT, that can tell us why. Tell us what it's like to walk into a new room, a new city, and try to put pressure on yourself to play. Well, look how Bjorkstrand has played over the last six, seven weeks. Like, really Real good. Solid. Yeah. And that line has been very important. And Tolvanen's addition has been very important. Heck of a waiver pickup. Yeah, I right? Yeah. So you can go down the list yeah. here, and what happens is when you go down a list, you leave somebody out, and that's yeah. unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And so... But Johnny made a... Sorry, Johnny, but just... Yeah. Like, you made the perfect point, the depth of this Yeah, team. that's the key. And, and, and guys, you know, two things. Role player. Everybody has a role. You got to do two things. Accept and execute. Yep. And the depth of this team, you know, yeah. is... Uh, the leadership too is another thing. I don't know. I think I mentioned it earlier, but they mm -hmm. have great leadership there from from Eberly and Schwartz and uh, you know and McCann and I go right on there. and on and yeah. on. So that that's a real that's a real important part of the success that this team has had. John Forslund, Eddie Olchin. What is that? What do you, is that? Are we it? done? I thought this Came was a three. Thank you. For, I thought for, this for was a three day. Thirty two minutes. Hey. What, is that? That's it. Wow. How long are the, a pot, what's, is Can we do the podcast? post? I was just addressing you guys. That's all. I was just, I was just addressing you guys. Yes, exactly. Oh, right. we're, we're, we we still have another seven no hours. Notes. So grab your popcorn <laughs> and and grab the uh, grab the blanket. Last thing I did want to ask you guys quickly. Trade deadline is looming. A lot of moves could be made, possibly made. Any additions in particular that you guys think would help take this team to the next level? Look, like I think the best way I think to answer that would be look at, and we said it on the broadcast. Uh, I think we open up against Boston. Yep. Is look at this team's been around for 130 whatever five games whatever the number is right in in their infancy. I think Ronnie has a plan. Hockey operations has a plan, knowing where they were, where they are, and where they're trying to get to. If it is going to make them better, there is no doubt that Ronnie's going to turn that stone over and, and think about it and, you know, how's it going to affect the room? How's it going to affect, you know, today? And how's it going to affect the, the future of the franchise? Sure, would you love to see him go out there and, you know, and, and, and bring in, a, you know, uh, you know, a six-foot-five center iceman or, or a, you know, a, a, a all-star number one defenseman or what? Sure. But those guys don't grow on trees, and you know you get you got to in order to do that you got to give up somebody and something. So, you know, is there going to be some tweaking? You know, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a tweak or two for sure. But you know, like, like those are all the things that happen. So, um, 
you know, I think it's been talked, it's been well documented. I mean, the, the face-off dot has been probably the one thing that's been talked about the most, yes. Johnny, right? Yes. So, look at if you can find a center iceman out there that can, you know, be in that 54 to 56 percentile and if a guy's available. But, look, Nick, there's 20 other teams right now that are probably mm -hmm. looking, you know, for somebody like that. So, I, I know there's not a lot there, but I think, look, at if you look at the job and Ronnie's – history and his track record let's make it perfectly clear here the back of his hockey card is as good as it ever gets when it comes to the player and when you talk about manager you look at the job they did in carolina let's make it perfectly clear the carolina hurricanes are who and what they are now because of the job that ron francis did when he was there he put that team in a position to have success Take them a couple of years. They haven't won yet. But when you look at the heart of a team that a lot of people think they can make a run, yeah. Ronnie's track record, He's he, he. this is the perfect guy to be running this ship. And uh, we'll see what happens. But look, at players are wondering. Fans are wondering. Um, broadcasters are wondering if something's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. I expect maybe a tweak or two, but... You know, we'll just have to wait and see. And the only thing I'll add to that great answer is this. You want to be in a position of strength at the trading deadline. And the team and the manager are in a position of strength. He holds the cards. He's not in a weakness position. He doesn't have to go out and do anything if he doesn't want to. People could criticize that if that happens, but look where the team is in the standings. Right. Look at the group. You can energize a team by going in there, and he's talked to the veterans on this team to see where they're at. And if he walks in there and says, it's all your, yours, boys, you've done a great job, go for it, I think he's comfortable with that. But by being in a position of strength where he can go out and do something and wait and see, who knows what's going to happen on the day, right? It could be before, but at the, the wild things can happen on March 3rd. And he's in a position with draft picks. Yeah, flexibility. Right, with John? prospects yeah, right. and with position in the standings. He's not trying to make a playoff spot because his job or the coach's job or the, there's, there's things on the line here. Um, he's, he's got a team in a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And it should be by the time we get to March 3rd. Okay? Let's hope so. And if it isn't, it's still in the neighborhood. And there's still plenty of hockey left. So he's in a position of strength in the second year of operation. When you look at where the minor league team is and who's playing there, the prospects from his first draft, and he only had two drafts. And he knows this draft, and he said it the other day, this is the best draft of his existence with this team. So the next draft will be really good, and he's got picks. So what else do you want? It's a position of strength. That's what you want. Weakness leads to mistakes in most places, even the booth. <laughs> Speaking of trades, and we'll end on this, you were traded once, Dad. Right, a couple, a, few a couple of times, but one, tried to get into but that one, the other night, one more yeah. notable, me off. Yeah. one, one trade, a little bit more notable than others, is that might have involved mom. Do you have? Yeah. Can you spare us a couple minutes to tell us perhaps the greatest, single greatest story of being traded yeah. in well, all of professional sports? So November 9th, nineteen ninety, um, your mother went into labor with your brother Tommy and back then there were no cell phones folks back in 19 <laughs> at least I didn't have one there in 1990 there, okay. there was a time where there were no cell phones okay, phone let, me, let me tell you <laughs> you weren't even booths. born yet so just sit <laughs> phone there. booths so 
I called the team from a landline phone and said, look, I'm not going to be at the morning skate the next day because we were playing the Blackhawks uh, in Toronto. I said, I won't be at the skate, the skate around, but I'll be at the game. So your mom went into labor on that Friday. We went to the hospital in the suburbs of Toronto. And um, she wasn't cooperating in the morning. Like she was, it was you know, the baby wasn't coming. And, you know, I'm like, come on, we got a game tonight at 8 o'clock here. we got to start getting going here. <laughs> and about 3.30, your mom said, okay, okay, all of a sudden, you know, things started happening. And all of a sudden, I got a, uh, I got a call from the Maple Leafs, you know, wondering how mom was doing. And I'm like, at the, at the hospital, actually, at the nurse's station. And I said, look, she hasn't had the baby, but I'm going to be at the game. It's an 8 o'clock game. They said, no, 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 call us before you come. I go, I'm not calling. I'll just be at the game. So we go into the delivery room, and now it's like 5.30, and the, and the uh, doctor says, okay, hold on. Let me put my catcher's mitt on here. Hold on a second here. We're gonna, I'm like, what well, catcher's mitt? What? <laughs> so, and on a scale of 1 to 10, with your brother eventually coming into this world, your mom was about a 7. So, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, she was a 7. Tommy's on his way. And next thing you know, I'm at the side of the bed you know, cheering mom on and helping her. And <laughs> oh, help her. I got, I got, I got a note handed me from the nurse. It says the Toronto Maple Leafs are on the phone. I'm like, tell them she's having a baby. I'll be at the game. She comes back. She goes, no, no, they really want to talk to you. So I'm at the foot of the bed. I'm at the side of the bed and there's, there's my wife on her back. Doctor's at the foot of the bed. He's got the rubber gloves on. He's got the mask on the whole nine yards. And I'm like, do I, you know, should I stay or should I go? That'd be a good song, right? <laughs> I'm like, stay, go, stay, go. I go, ah, all right, I'll just walk out for a second. So I sneak out. I get to the nurse's station. It's the PR guy, Bob Stellick for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and goes, uh, hey, Eddie, how's Diane? I go, Bob, she's having a baby. It's like about 10 to 6 now. I go, she's having a baby. I'm, I'll be at the game in 45 minutes. I'll be there. I'm going to play tonight. He goes, well, call us before you come. I go, I'm not calling you. He goes, hold on a second. Hold on. I said, I got to get He goes, and all of a sudden, I hear hello. I hear the voice of the general manager, Floyd Smith, is the general manager. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he goes, uh, Eddie, we hate to do this to you, but we just traded you to the Winnipeg Jets. And I went, <laughs> you got to be bleeping me. you got to be bleeping me. My wife's in there having a baby, and you call me out here to tell me? And I'm like, son of a gun. I'm like, so I just hang up the phone. And again, I go to a pay phone. I punch in a bunch of numbers to be able to call. I call my dad. I call my agent. I call Mark Osborne, who I got traded with to, to Winnipeg. And I'm gone maybe maybe five or six minutes. I come back into the delivery room, and as I'm walking in, my wife turns her head to the door and says, where have you been? And I'm like, ah, my aunt's <laughs> sick. I didn't know what else to say. I was just like, you know, I, I didn't want to tell her, you know. So... The doctor's at the foot of the bed. He's watching this conversation, and as I get start walking closer to her, she looks at me, looks at the ceiling. Again, she's on her back. The doctor's still at the foot of the bed, and she says, where are we going? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I go, I, well, I figure, oh, I guess. She says, Winnipeg. And I go, oh, my goodness. Pregnant and psychic. I go, That's what a, a combination. <laughs> and I'm just like, next thing you know, I look at the doctor, and a doctor with disgust <laughs> comes out from under under the sheet, 
pulls off his rubber gloves, takes his mask off. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not coming for a while here. <laughs> so my wife just shut right down two hours later. Eventually, Tommy Olchek was born in this world. And I got to say, becoming a member of the Winnipeg Jets was as good as of an experience that I had in the National Hockey League because I love Winnipeg. Uh, we were there almost six years. Um, but my intro to becoming a Winnipeg Jet uh, was uh, Tommy Olchek being born uh, November 10th, 1990. And uh, eventually I left the next day, flew to Chicago, played my first game with Winnipeg. Then we came to Toronto on the Monday and happened to play the Leafs and then uh, came back home, played the game, brought mom and Tommy home, and then I went to Winnipeg the next the next day and, and started my career in Winnipeg, uh, you know, of being there. So, yeah, uh, the days of uh, – remember, Johnny, back in the day, guys would hear about being traded on a cruise or they were on vacation or yeah. they picked up the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nowadays, you know, everything's instantaneous, so no, but that would never happen, you yeah, know. You, but you used yeah. to lose your, if you were, and I was in PR, you'd lose your job mm -hmm. if the player didn't know first. Yeah. And it was, uh, that was a big thing. Right. And today it's impossible. Right. Yeah. Today the players just look so at yeah. Twitter and they yeah. figure out where they're going. So we, I was, uh, I was in the delivery room November 10th, 1990, when I got traded from Toronto to, uh, wow. to Winnipeg. So, uh, that's got to be an all-timer in yeah, all yeah, sports. Pretty, yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty close. Yeah, pretty mean. close. But how about mom, though? She knew. Yeah. I don't know how Rock she star. knew. Just, you know, that's why she's the Rock greatest. Star. Yeah. 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 Well, Johnny. Are we done yet? Dad. Okay. Edzo. <laughs> when do we start? Thank, thank you. Thank you guys so Nick, much. Seriously, Tip for of the hockey on. helmet to you, man. You've done luck, a hell of a job. Thank you. Thank so you very much. Thank you, Thank you guys yeah. for coming on. Thanks yeah. for having us. The Who's gonna, maiden you voyage. Want next, you want yeah, us on next? You want us on next week? Can you show? come on every week? Yeah, just for. I'm five just minutes. thinking. Can we put a mic in the car <laughs> when you guys go? No, we want only video. Only video. It'll be like cash cab. It'll be like like cash cab. You guys will. I'll be out there in two minutes. And we have We also have a longer journey coming up. Going to yeah. Vancouver soon, yeah. so that, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yet the story yeah. yet to be yeah. told. Awesome. Well, thank you guys Thanks, so much Nick. for coming on. Signals from the deep. First episode. This is going to be the maybe destination. The, maybe the only. Maybe the first and only. <laughs> yeah. No, we we got put it on a loop. We got a long We got a long-term plan. Now you can kill a podcast. We got a long-term plan. All right. This is going to be the destination for all things Kraken. Kraken fans, Kraken Nation, as Johnny Florizan likes to call them. You need information. You want to laugh. You want to learn. This is the spot. Kraken official podcast. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thanks for coming. Thanks for your time. For Johnny Florizan. Can I download Eddie this Olchek. on my uh, worldwide website? And our fantastic what producer, Grant Beery. All right, Grant. Way to go. Way to go, Grant. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Have a great day. Signals from the Deep is the official podcast of the Seattle Kraken. Hosted by Nick Olchek and produced by Grant Beery. Episodes are available from NHL.com slash Kraken or anywhere you get your podcasts.